0: Hey friends, welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. I got two things to talk to you tonight. You know, one is going to be the best of the rest of our trade deadline, top trade deadline bait. We've gone through a number of positions already and identified prime players, but what about everyone else? The guys who are probably going to get picked up anyways and might be super cheap. The other thing I wanted to talk about is Blake Wheeler's comments to the media earlier today in which he talked about what he sees as the biggest problems with the current Winnipeg Jets lineup and where the team goes from here. All of this coming right up on tonight's Locked On Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey friends, welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Jets. I'm your friend Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets, where I post a lot of my very random Jets memes and hot takes. Before we really kick things off, I just wanted to say thanks to our sponsors at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com right now and tell them Locked On sent you. Now, like I mentioned at the top of this podcast, I had a couple of topics I wanted to focus on. We're going to talk about the Jets first, because this is a Jets podcast, and uh, let's be honest, if nothing else, this team is never boring. They've always got something weird going on, and uh, today's, I guess, news and event wasn't really super shocking in a way, but I think it did a really good job of illustrating where At least for me, one of the biggest problems with this team is. Um, And then after that, we're going to talk about some of the best of the rest trade deadline, trade uh, deadline bait, which we're using the the deadline list that ESPN made about a week or two ago. We've been going over a lot of the names on that list, but of course, a lot of guys kind of fell through the cracks because I mostly focused on the players that I think are really worth trading for. We'll talk about some of the guys that might be, you know, maybe on the cheaper side, maybe not really big impact players, but we'll probably get sent somewhere anyways. First, though, let's talk about Wheeler and uh, the coverage and, and I guess the, the statements that he made today towards um, the media in a Jets press conference. Now, uh, when you're hearing this, was this was actually um, a conference from the day before. Uh, so yesterday, in this case, uh, you'll be hearing it on Tuesday. So apologies for the time lag. You've probably seen the comments or at least heard about them. And in this, you know, the, the main takeaway that I think Wheeler pointed out was that this lineup isn't the same as it was when they were chasing for a couple couple of years ago. And he kind of pointed towards the youth as to being uh, one of the big weaknesses on the team. He didn't really come out and say this, but I feel like that was sort of the implication. And what sort of gets me about all of this is when the Jets were really competitive, they were hailed as one of the youngest teams in the NHL. And, you know, you look at the actual average age of the roster back then, the top performers on the team, and who was actually really you know, the team's MVPs at the time, and it was mostly the Young Guns. I mean, it wasn't really anyone who was an established, super old veteran. There were a few exceptions, of course, Enstrom, Bufflin, and some of those guys. But, but you know, by and large, a lot of the younger players in their early to mid-20s were where the bulk of Winnipeg's offense and real high-end skill kind of lived. And it's it's a little bit frustrating to hear Wheeler say this, because I feel like, once again, you know, when you're pointing fingers... You're looking around the room and trying to figure out what exactly is wrong. Now, I will say to Blake's credit, it wasn't like he tried to throw the kids under the bus. It just sort of came out that, you know, I, I think that's where he th- thinks at least part of the issue is. Where I kind of struggle with a lot of the comments that the Jets have given is that the veterans never really seem to, you know, evaluate their own performances. Ailers after they lost against the New York Rangers... Uh he was very harsh on himself. He said he had a really dumb pass, even though I, I always like when he tries something very creative. He said it was unnecessary, he said he shouldn't have attempted it, led to a goal against he Feels, and you know that was a very, I would say, public statement of how he assessed his own performance, a very honest take. Whereas, you know, you look at a lot of the older veterans, you don't really see that as much. You know, the guys are gonna say, Oh, you know, the team is just going through some tough times, uh, things aren't where they need to be, yada, yada, yada. But in terms of, like, self-reflection, they don't ever really talk about that, which I think is interesting. Uh, You know, and I I feel like one thing that I've, I've kind of questioned over the years with the Jets is the level of accountability. I know it's kind of a dumb thing to say, you know, when you're talking about an observer as an outsider, you know, we're not really in the locker room. We don't know what the organization is like. We can only surmise from at least the public statements and... Um, you know, anything that sort of makes its way out to the press. But other than that, the actual locker room dynamics are kind of a mystery. That said, the stuff that I've always heard about the Jets, it does kind of point to there being a, a gap in the generational, I would say, perspective on things. You know, the younger players, I think they all want to go a specific direction while the older veterans are kind of comfortable with things as, as they are to a point. You know, not everything they're happy with, but yeah, I, I mean, they, they like playing a lot. They enjoy, uh, you know, Paul Maurice, they were a big fan of him. And so I look at this team, and I think maybe a fuller rebuild is actually required to really get to the meat of what is wrong with this team. And it, it's, it's strange to say that because I don't know that I I want to go this route. I think a retooling period with the Jets being still, you know, in a pretty decent spot with some of the ages of their players, I think that would be the best outcome. But You know, there's a part of me that kind of wonders if it's time to start tearing it down and rebuilding and starting over. Because if this is the mindset that a lot of the the veteran players have, and any of that is trickling down to some of the younger guys, this team is going to be screwed for a long time. And I think that that is a very frustrating thought for me. You know, I kind of watched something recently with my favorite uh, football team over in Europe, Borussia Dortmund, Uh, You know, the new manager this year has had a horrendous time. A lot of people have kind of come after him. But one thing that I think is very interesting is that he feels a lot of the players were maybe complacent, especially the veterans. Uh, Dortmund has kind of been mediocre relative to what is expected of them. And while I, I think some of the expectations are actually more on the unfair side, by the same token, it's clear that the team hasn't really been good enough. And so the manager is kind of looking to create a more competitive atmosphere. He wants guys to fight for their positions, and he's not above, you know, sending some guys to the benches if he feels they're not really pulling their weight. I really couldn't see the Jets ever doing that with their veterans. In fact, they only ever bench the kids. So, yeah, not really sure if Wheeler's comments make me feel good about the team's future. I really feel like accountability is one of the core foundational aspects of what makes a successful organization. So, If Winnipeg doesn't figure out how to hold guys to account and how to get the veterans to really improve their performances, you know, the Jets are going to be stuck in kind of like a hockey purgatory. I really feel like they need to be getting younger and faster, and yet this team seems not to want to go that direction. So, not so tasty thoughts as we head into this trade deadline. Speaking of trade deadlines, as I said earlier, I wanted to talk about some of the guys that we haven't discussed, some of the player names that might be falling off the radar a bit, but are still probably decent trade fodder candidates, even if, you know, a team is looking for more of like a fourth line presence and maybe not the game changing rental most people usually are excited about. Before we get to the forgotten names on the trade deadline list, though, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about BetOnline.net and why they should be your number one choice for all of your online betting needs, especially as we march to the NHL playoffs. Football might be over, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this upcoming playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. Not into football? No problem. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. They've even got great lines for all of you Winnipeg Jets fans, from player points totals to award winners and more. Want to bet on Hellebuck winning another Vesna trophy? Log in to BetOnline.net right now and place your bet. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. To get started, register for a free account with BetOnline.net right now. Start winning today, because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of the Lockdown Jets Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, thanks for making us your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so doesn't cost you a single penny and ensures you never miss another episode. While you are at it, I have to let you know about another great podcast I think you should be listening to, and that is Locked On Now. It features nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts, so be sure to follow, subscribe, and give them a like right now. So, the NHL trade deadline is rolling up, and we've talked at length about you know some of the top players you can pick, but what about some of the guys who are maybe a little bit on the lower end of the uh, spectrum? You know, players who go under the radar... Might be more of a role player, uh, you know, a fourth liner kind of guy, but somebody that teams really do, uh, you know, expend some serious assets for. One of the first names that kind of stands out to me, um, not because he's like the world's, you know, most game changing presence, but because I actually saw this guy many years ago for the Hershey Bears um, and kind of tracked his career a bit heading up into the NHL is Travis Boyd. I always remember Travis as being like a really industrious two-way center. You know, oftentimes for Hershey, he kind of did it all, whether it was on the penalty kill or playing in their top six. Travis was kind of like your Swiss Army knife. Um, And I don't know how much of his performance at the AHL level was, you know, necessarily dominant. But, you know, as an NHLer, I think he's been pretty solid. You know, the the Caps um, ended up letting him go, and so did the Maple Leafs, but, uh, you know, One thing that has kind of stuck out is that he has found a way to continue finding NHL roles in bottom six units. Apparently, he is Arizona's fifth leading scorer. As of uh, a couple of weeks ago, this was written, so I don't know if this article from ESPN is still accurate. But, you know, either way, I think Boyd actually does have some decent value as like a fourth line winger or center. He can actually play both positions. I believe he has been deployed out that way uh, on multiple occasions. Just depends on what a team is looking for out of him. And he does have some legit finishing talent. He's not, again, like a 40-point guy. But if you're looking for maybe out of an 82-game season, like a 20-25-point to forward who can occasionally chip in on the penalty kill while not exactly being a drag at even strength, I mean, you know, you chip away like a a fourth-round pick or something for him, I think you'll be pretty pleased with his performance for you. Another name that has kind of been floated around a bit but maybe gets a bit ignored is Kelly Yarncrock. This was a guy who for many years was a staple in Nashville's lineup. We all know the Preds love their gritty, grindy two-way wingers who are really uh, physical and can kind of drive possession even if they don't exactly have high-end finishing talent. Yarncrock has been uh, actually productive for the Seattle Kraken, which, you know, is not anything to sniff at. Uh, you can play him pretty much anywhere you want. Yarn uh, is experienced as a center, as a winger, and he doesn't really seem to mind playing any position. He's also effective on the PK. He can be just a really versatile forward for all of your situations, even if his defensive impact might not be as stout as it used to be. For Seattle, in about half a season of work, he's already racked up somewhere uh, at or above 20 points, which is pretty decent. Yarn isn't going to be the kind of player who sets the world alight, but if you're looking for an experienced, savvy veteran who's relatively cheap, who's been around the block several times, um, and can kind of play a variety of roles for you, maybe on your third or your fourth line, probably your fourth line more preferably, I don't really see what's uh, to dislike here. I think he won't be that expensive at the deadline, and if a team is looking for maybe just a little bit of added security for your depth units, Yarn not a bad choice. One of the last names we're going to talk about before we pause briefly is a guy that I think, you know, he's been around a lot. um, And he's an interesting player because at one point he was one of the most heralded bottom sixers out there, kind of like a Marcus Kruger, uh, but of the more modern era. Although I will say this player's defensive impact really isn't quite as pronounced as it was thought to be with Kruger. And this is Johan Larsen. Larsson is a very versatile center. You can basically do whatever you want with him. If you want him to anchor your third or your fourth line as like a more defensively minded two-way center, he can absolutely do that. If you want him to be on your penalty kill, he can do that. I wouldn't put him on the power play necessarily, but if you're looking for a guy who, again, has been a, a pretty decent producer relative to his ice time and has frankly been defensively responsible for the past several years, even on very poor Buffalo teams... I think there's absolutely a space for him to be made on your team. Would I really want to resign him for, you know, a multi-year deal? Probably not more than like two or three years. I think that's kind of the sweet spot. But if you just want him for a rental to really fortify your fourth line or something and bring in, you know, a little bit of savvy veteran PK experience, I think Larson is a great choice. And I don't think it would cost that much. You know, a lot of these guys are probably like third or fourth round picks and Considering the value they might bring for you in a very short time period, you still might get more out of it than you would out of those draft picks. Larson is the kind of guy I probably would have welcomed to the Jets during that 2017-2018 run. I think he would have had a nice spot somewhere in the bottom six. And uh, with how Winnipeg's PK is... He's got a super great skill set that I think is a little bit underappreciated. You know, they always talk about having gritty physical players on your PK, but really, I think Larson just has extremely smart positioning, and he understands timing and space. These are things that I think really define somebody who can understand how to make that defensive interception, how to shut down opposing passing and shooting lanes, and how to really be a psychological deterrent for your opponent. That's what, for me, penalty killing really kind of comes down to, is how do you force teams to play the game you want them to play? I think that is something that not enough PKers are actually capable of. We certainly know the Jets don't have guys like that, but Larson might be the kind of player who could be. When we come back, we have a few more skaters. I wanted to highlight some of them uh, actually on the younger side and probably needing... A decent contract extension on a depth roll. But before we talk about those guys, I thought you should hear more about tonight's title sponsors at rockauto.com. Before we go any further, I thought you should hear about why rockauto.com is the best place to buy your auto parts. There are literally thousands and thousands of vehicles out there and it's really hard for auto parts stores to keep up stocking parts, accoutrements, and everything in between. You might stand in line for 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes waiting for your chance to buy the part that you need and you find out they don't even have it in stock. If you want to save time and money, then just go to rockauto.com instead. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use, intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle and then set a price range filter so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you can save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked on the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Hey friends and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's Locked on Jets. We are looking at some uh, trade deadline pieces that we haven't talked about before. We'll be covering a number of these players over the next couple of weeks as more names continue to roll in, announcing any trades that occur, all that fun stuff, especially if some of those guys involve the Jets. Um, But one guy that's kind of slipped through the cracks a bit, and I I think might be an interesting player to take a punt on, is Dominic Kubalik. Uh, Kubalik, you know, he hasn't really had maybe the, the sort of season that he was hoping for, Couple of years ago, he did appear to be pretty decent, especially in his very first few games for the uh, the Blackhawks. But since then, I think he's kind of settled into like more of a modest third liner. And I don't really know if he's going to be much more than that. I think he's the kind of guy that you can force into um, an emergency first or second line deployment if you absolutely have to. But more comfortably, he's like a third line guy. You know, he's got the talent to be an occasionally lethal finisher, but you know, not much more than that. ESPN refers to him as like an Enigma, but I, I just think he is uh, the sort of player that most comfortably resides in that that second or third line role. More comfortably third line, I think he'll feast on weaker competition. And if you give him some pretty decent teammates to work with, I think he'll be, you know, a, a very worthy cheap rental option, even if he might not be racking up like fifty or sixty points. Another guy that might make sense for like a fourth line needing a really defensive winger is Tyler Mott. Now, when Mott first came to the league, he kind of had, like, very Brandon Tanev-y vibes uh, when Brandon first arrived. We all remember that Tanev was very much beloved from the first day, but a lot of us kind of saw his game as being... How should I put this? A little bit busted. He was very one-dimensional. If you've ever seen, like, somebody firing an unguided rocket... That's kind of what Tanev was like. You you basically point him in a direction, you fire him off towards your opponents, and he might hit something. He might not. Really hard to tell what exactly is going to happen. But, of course, Tanev, over time, started to add more defensive reliability to his game, uh, really rounded out some of the weaker parts, and became a pretty reliable PKer and somebody who was a very industrious, hardworking guy, uh, did a lot of work along the walls and stuff. And I think in a lot of ways, Tyler Mott has kind of maybe evolved his game in the same way. Mott's first few seasons in the NHL were pretty dreadful, but over the past couple of seasons, he's really turned things around. And honestly, I I wouldn't be opposed to him being like a fourth liner for a team like Winnipeg if they were a contender. You know, not really the case nowadays, but for a team that wants a guy who can be a really effective PKer and somebody who adds defensive stability and uh, a hardworking work ethic to your um, depth lines, I think he would be an alright fit, he won't hold your team back, and he'll be pretty decent. Now, the last guy that we're going to talk about um is, is a very interesting player from the New Jersey Devils. Um, and this is Andreas Janssen. Now Janssen is probably going to be one of the more expensive options. I do think Andreas has a number of suitors. Uh you know, they they kind of recall his days as a Toronto Maple Leaf. And even now with a pretty Uh, Topsy-turvy Devils team, he's still got 26 points in 46 games, which isn't bad. You know, you're looking for a complimentary winger for maybe your second or your third line. I think Janssen kind of does that. He's got good finishing instincts, good spatial awareness. Uh, He can be a decent setup guy. Again, you're not really looking for elite-level production, but if you want to add considerable scoring impact to a line that, frankly, might not have it to begin with because, you know, you're looking at your 3rd or 4th line and a lot of teams just don't have a lot of great high end finishing talent especially with you know the covid cap hits and all. I could see Janssen really filling in a good uh role here maybe even on your power play if you're looking for uh, a power play two finisher, somebody with a decent one timer. Janssen could probably do all of that stuff and do it pretty decently. So I feel like he would be the kind of player somebody's going to give closer to like a second rounder, maybe even a late, late first four. I probably wouldn't trade a first for him necessarily, but um, I don't really know what the trade market is going to look like this year. So we're just going to have to be patient and kind of see what shakes out. But, you know, he wasn't necessarily a guy I've I've circled, you know, big on the list, but I think he is among the names that I've mentioned previously. Probably somebody with the most upside for a team looking for a really bona fide established middle six player. Now, over the next few weeks, we'll take a look at more players like Janssen and see if anyone else has maybe slipped through the cracks. Maybe some trades have already happened. We'll talk about all of this stuff as the, uh, the trade deadline starts to near for us. But for tonight's episode, that is going to do it. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Rodan and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!